All right, got our technical difficulties out of the way finally. Uh, welcome to the Fantasy Hockey Hacks Hangout here at Edmonton Sports Talk. We have got a wonderful show for you tonight. John showed up, so we know it's going to be a good show. Ha <laughs> ha. Hey, yeah. John. Okay, we'll go with that. We'll go <laughs> Just with that. don't fall asleep, okay? That's all we're asking. Just don't do fall best. asleep. Okay. All right. Also joining us tonight, we've got Evan Debert. Welcome, Evan. Hey, Bruce. Happy to be here. Awesome. And Devin Davidson from his basement. Hey, folks. How's everybody doing? Good. 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 Happy Wonderful. to be here. Yeah. Should be good fun. Should be a good show tonight, Bruce. It should be. I wrote the show notes, so I sure hope so. Well, well most of the should, show notes should be uh, a little less confrontational too, with uh, with with no Tyler and no Ryan this evening fighting about uh, who should sell who to where. But I really enjoyed that. Just just my own opinion. I thought that was awesome. It makes for great radio, honestly. I, I think, sure and does. the two of them will tell you the same thing. It makes for great radio. So. I, I think they're both right. That's the hard part with being, if you're an Oilers fan, it's like you can't trade them, but also you're looking in the mirror and you're looking like, well, this isn't the team. And so it's, it's tough. It's a real tough situation. Well, and we're off to a great start because that's how we're going to start tonight's show is we're going to talk about the team. So, <laughs> well, they are in the midst of a three game losing streak where I, I dare could say they got goalied three games in a row. I guess I can say that. We'll see how, whether it's yeah. truthful or not. But I watched last night's game, and dear God, can we just not have the power play? Like, <laughs> yikes. It was atrocious last night. Atrocious. The sad part is there's still the top five power play in the NHL right now. They're, like, I don't know. It was it was strange. It was, like, it should have been automatic because the Islanders are missing, what, three of their top four defensemen? Uh, three, of the, yeah. So they were missing their entire second pairing and one out of the third pair they were missing. Yeah, brutal. Not good enough. I mean, to give up a shorty, um, and then the Islanders too scored two power play goals. So the the penalty kill them. Like just special teams sucked last night. Um, I don't think Stuart Skinner was so much the problem last night, but he was definitely the problem in that Tampa game. Like the Oilers looked great. We talked about this in in past shows. Yeah. They looked really good. They put a club record fifty seven shots on goal. Uh, they did get goalied. Vasilevsky was fantastic. Stuart Skinner was awful. The entire team was terrible in that 5-1 loss to Florida. A 3-1 loss to the Islanders, I, I guess, whatever. It happens. But, man, they're they're just – I've had enough. I've, I've honestly just had enough of this team at this point. I don't know how you guys feel. Um, just not good enough. And Stuart Skinner has the league's worst goals saved above expected. This is courtesy of Money Puck. I saw that. At minus 12. That is even worse than Antti Ranta, who just got waived by the Carolina Hurricanes. And here we are thinking we can ride Stuart Skinner to a Stanley Cup parade at a minus 12 goal state above expected. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. And I'm just so tired of the narrative that, you know, okay, they've got Pickard and they've got Skinner now. And now we have time and we can wait until the All-Star break and we we can, like, guys, do something, right? Like, support this team. Because if you don't win this year, I'll tell you what, there's going to be some changes and you're going to have a really tough time signing Dreisaitl and McDavid if things go downhill after this season. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens if this doesn't improve because they are, I think I took a look here, they are six points out of a playoff spot, I think out of the first wild card spot. Seven. Seven as of is last it, night. Seven? 
Okay. Yikes. They, like it's they got two games in hand though. So and they're chasing the coyotes. So it's 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 within <laughs> yeah, I know. But it, it's within grasp for them. But like I, I do see the Oilers as a playoff team, probably in the wild card, but that's a that's an uphill climb to try to make it anywhere past the first first round, even second round. Like they they get stuck in that Pacific division and they have to go through uh, Vegas and the Kings to gr- try to play Dallas or Colorado in the West Conference Final. Like that's that's a tough road. So I don't know. I don't know what's what to do with the Oilers. I'm I'm not a diehard Oiler fan. I, I like the team, but Skinner, I just don't. He shouldn't be a one a number one goalie this early in his career without without put, putting a little track record in. So whatever they got to do to find someone to compliment him so that they can have a little battle for goaltending. Uh, but they're just not doing it. You know, too, like you look at talking about goaltenders, the teams they're chasing have right now elite level goaltending. They've got UC Soros for the Nashville Predators, right? They're sitting in the, is that the right? Yeah, they're in the first wild card spot. Right? So you got UC Soros sitting there and then you, you we joke about the Arizona Coyotes, but they've got Ingram. Connor Ingram and he has been phenomenal this year so you know it's just it's it's such an important position and when you actually get it you know even a mediocre team can can have excellent results and we're just we're seeing what should be an excellent team have below average goaltending and and this is the result we're seeing so on you look at that sorry go ahead oh no i was just gonna say and it's year after year with the oilers too like it's just it seems to be the thing that kind of breaks the, the camel's back and I don't know if it if it's deeper than into goaltending coaching or what it is, but it's just something not not working there. And then you were, guys were talking about the power play the other night. It's like this is what happens when your team depends on your power play yeah. to win you hockey games. Yeah. Like if it dries up, then then you're kind of stuck there with with losing games three one and saying, well, the power play didn't score, so we can't depend on the power play to score every game. Uh, and, and this is kind of where analytics does Edmonton dirty, right? They're they're five on five analytics are fantastic. Like you look at them, they're one of the best in the league, but hmm. put the puck in the net five on five, it seems sometimes. It has to, like you said, it has to rely on the power play. And you watch last night's game. Basically, all they did was you watch the four players, they just formed a half moon in front of dry sidle and just dared them to anybody else to shoot besides getting it to dry sidle. And they still kept forcing it to him or tried to force it to him. You just watch. It's just like a half moon in front of dry sidle. Nothing was going to get through to him at all on that side. And they still kept trying to force it through to him. It's like, you know, maybe after the first two times, it's not working. Try something else. And they just wouldn't do it. They just wouldn't do it. Yeah. It's it's frustrating. It's frustrating to watch. And I, you're right, Evan, because we we've seen this happen now a couple of times where they, they come into the end of the season, they come down the stretch hot Right. And the, and the power plays running at 30 plus percent, but it's just not the same playoff hockey is, is played a bit differently. Right. And I know there's numbers to say that they're, the calls are pretty equal, but I mean, at the end of the day, you can't rely on your power play to win your hockey games in, in the postseason. It's just not going to work for you. No. And I don't think as the Oilers are rostered right now, I don't think they are really ro- are set for playoff hockey not compared to last year's team anyway. They don't have the size, and I just, they're just going to I think if they had to go against L.A. here again in the first round, I don't think the Oilers would last very long. 
Unless you send Nurse into the crease and take Talbot out, then maybe they got a chance. I'm, yeah, yeah. I mean, but I just don't. The bottom six scares me in Edmonton. That's like you look I, at I agree, Bruce. Yep. And that's kind of been the Oilers' trademark, right? It's they're heavy in the top six and they're light in the bottom six. And with poor goaltending. <laughs> What's that? With poor goaltending. With poor, yeah, with poor goaltending. Yep. And then defense is somewhat suspect on some nights and yeah i don't i just yeah there's not instilling a lot of confidence in me there that that they can get it done like, well, like i said i'm sorry evan go ahead oh no I, I was just gonna say like i i think the oilers can beat anyone in a best of seven but i don't think that they can do it series after series just just on the backs of dry and mcdavid we saw that in the year that colorado won the cup it's like they went supernova, averaging two points per game, and then you run into conference final, and it just you just can't do it for the whole playoffs. You need depth, right? We don't have depth. Need yeah. Just, yeah. And and they've and they've whiffed on at the draft too, right? You look at some of the picks they've made, and it's like they th- this team is hurting right now because they haven't been able to convert on many first round picks, or they've trade like. Do we want to get into the Griffin Reinhardt trade? Like stuff like that, where it's just they've made some just egregious errors at the draft and it's cost them dearly. Like Xavier Borgo should not be an oiler, right? It should be Jesper Walstead. And we'd be having a different conversation right now. Like I, that draft made me so mad. I'm still whining about it three years later, <laughs> but I'm just like, what were you thinking? But if you look at some of the other ones, you look at they traded Reed Schaefer away for in the Eckholm trade. He's hardly doing anything in the Nashville in their AHL team. He's barely doing anything. Sam Rukoff, they sent off for Costin. Like, Pittsburgh just waved him. Like, like, the Blues didn't resign him. Pittsburgh signed him and then waved him. Like, they've got Pujarvi on a PTO right now. Like, they seem to have some, some, some success with Edmonton castoffs, but Sam Rukoff wasn't a fit, and I don't know if Poliarvi will ever amount to much in the NHL. Like, I guess my point is they, they've sort of made the slam dunk picks you should make. Like, okay, anyone could have drafted Connor McDavid, right? Um, Evan Bouchard, everybody had high hopes for that guy, lots of potential coming in. Leon Dreisaitl has far and away exceeded expectations. Like, I don't think anyone expected him to be the player he's become. So they got a bit lucky there at three. But Pugliarvi, they well, I shouldn't say they're all slam dunks. They messed up on Pugliarvi, but again, a lot of people had Pugliarvi as a top five player in that draft too. So I didn't. But they've messed up, right? They've messed up a lot of drafts. Yeah, I wanted, I really wanted to see them draft Matthew Kachuk. That's who I, as much as I'm not a fan of the family in that, that's who I wanted him to see because if he was, my thought was if he was anything like his father, that is what Edmonton needs. Yeah, and they picked Pujarvi instead. The word was, "Oh, this isn't going to go well." The word was that had um, they they would they would have drafted Sergachev if Columbus had taken Pujarvi. They were going to go Sergachev. They were going to go Sergachev. That's what that's. I think Bob Bob Stoffers mentioned that multiple times. And could you imagine if we had Sergachev on this roster right now? Well, probably they didn't screw that up too. Well, and for sure, you don't know how that would have gone. But right. like, really, you look at all those defensemen that the Oilers drafted that were supposed to be fantastic. There's only really two left, and one's got a foot halfway out the door already. The, 
Bouchard's the only one that's really amounted to something. Basically, Broberg is going to be shipped out, probably, I'm guessing, with or without yeah. Campbell, but we'll see. Evan, what's what's your thoughts on Broberg? As like a dynasty guy, what's your view of that player right now? Uh, he was always kind of like, the skill set was all there. Like the skating was good. Um, his instincts were were okay. But he just had a, the toolbox was, was good, but just the, or the tools was good. The toolbox wasn't, wasn't that great i i found that that he well for one being stuck in edmonton behind bouchard that's uh that puts a limit on his value when it comes to fantasy hockey but but yeah he just hasn't really flourished to become like a good professional in in the nhl and so whether it's you know the ice time he's given it's tough it's it's tough to become a defenseman in the nhl when you don't have like the right opportunity that comes comes your way. Yeah. Well, the only I think it's the only other defenseman out of that group they drafted. I guess this was pre pre Holland was Ethan Bear, who looks like he's going to sign in Washington. Caleb Jones is playing third pairing press box for Colorado. I I, I don't think really... we mi- did we really miss out on Caleb Jones. Like to me, he was always kind I of a, a six don't seven think at so. best, yeah. right? Like. I was, I had I had lots of hope for Ethan Bear and I think he just got he got shafted here at Edmonton I think but 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 you know what Bruce you look at the way he's been deployed in other NHL clubs it's not just Edmonton like Ethan Bear has now bounced around a few different clubs and he's been waived and no one's claimed him like I I don't think it was an Edmonton specific issue he had he had one or two good seasons but I I don't know there's there's something there with that player that just it's not working right yep well, maybe Edmonton should stop drafting defensemen. <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> like, they can't seem to pick a good one, so stop doing it. It's like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's frustrating for sure. They, they got to poach the Duck Scouts somehow for drafting yes. defensemen. Yeah. No kidding, right? They've got it figured out. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Jamie Drysdale could be available. Yeah. You get all those young, uh, those other young defensemen coming up. They might make Drysdale available. I I I'd sure like Minchikov on this roster, but uh, yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> make well, you a, never know. Make a blockbuster Drysdale and Gibson, and just go for it. So why Do is it. like yeah? Because I know um, was LA talking to the Ducks, and there was one other team that was like, there's a couple teams that are sniffing around Gibson right now. Like, is that not a, a goaltender the Oilers should be looking at? They can't afford him. They got to ship out a major contract to make that work. They can make it work, Bruce. Ship a Vander Kane back south, and there's ways to make it work. They just refuse to get creative. They refuse to do anything. Get a third party team involved to like. It can happen. I just it's it's like for whatever reason they refuse to get creative. We've seen it happen lots. UC Soros, if you want to swing big, like yeah, why not go for UC Soros, right? Try and make something happen. At this point, any pick or prospect in this organization is fair game. And outside of like the top six and a couple select defensemen, it's like anyone should be available. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting here for Edmonton in two years when Bouchard's contract comes due. The he could, uh, if he keeps playing like this, he's going to be a five-figure defenseman. And the Oilers won't have that to spend on him. So you might get Minchikov. They might, because <laughs> well, his contract would be cheaper. <laughs> No, you're you're not you're not Unless you're you not shipping nurse. out. No, you're 
It's going to be new Nurse and Bouchard. Um, CeCe's gone in two years, I think. He's a UFA, right? So his money comes off and then maybe trying to replace him with a cheaper contract somewhere. But at this point, like, Evan Bouchard offensively, is he? he's no worse than a top five defenseman in the league right now. No, actually, you looked at this. They were – someone was posting his metrics. As for his age and that, he's actually – as a defenseman, he's actually doing quite well. You take the off, take the offensive side stuff out, and just as on defense side, he's actually doing well for a he's defenseman his age. Yeah, like, like I think a lot. Of- he, he's a good defenseman. That's you know, but there is the McDavid, Drysaitel, Edmonton power play bump. Like, that's yeah. that's the oh, scary yeah. thing yeah. here. It's like, <laughs> are you if you're going to give him nine, ten million dollars a year down the road, you know, could you get that same production? from a guy for six that's just as good offensively but you know it's a bird in the hand so he's, and yeah. and he's good he's got a rocket of a shot i wouldn't dog on the guy but um but he's 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 definitely a, with his offensive stats a product of of that power play and, I'll, I'll agree yeah. i'll agree yeah, right like the, yeah. it's there's some inflated numbers given who he's playing with there's there's no doubt about that but I mean, I don't think Barry's had the same level of success on that power play, right? Like he's, That's what I was he, just going to say. You look at Barry's numbers for the time he spent there, and you look at Bouchard. Bouchard's definitely better. Like, he has more tools, right? He has a, sh- a he shot. Can get, he can get yeah. the shot through, and he has a rocket of a shot. Like, you know, not a lot of guys have, have both of those capabilities. They can hammer it, but it's like they can't get it through, or yeah. vice versa. And, he, and he's, he has that ability. So, I don't know. To me, I, I'm, I'm a big pro Bouchard guy. Like, you, you just get, you got to make that work. He's a good young stud defenseman. That's he's the closest thing we're ever going to get to Kale McCarr or, you know, yeah. any of these other young guys. You can actually put the puck in the net, right? Yeah, I still yeah, that, don't like that, the guy. <laughs> John, it's so good to have you back. <laughs> yeah. It's nice being here. Uh, if we beat that horse enough. Should we move on to the next topic? I guess has everyone sufficiently uh, complained about the Oilers? <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about? But it's a little different tone from last week, right in the nine-game winning streak. Hey? Oh boy, we—it's yeah. a roller coaster around the here. Ebbs and yeah. flows. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's okay. The next topic focuses on some of the issues that Oilers are having too, and that's uh, we go to the around the league here is uh, goaltending, just league-wide. Here, I was just as I was typing these notes up, I'm looking at like. Okay, like all the Oilers have got goaltending issues. Carolina's got goaltending issues. Detroit has got issues after tonight. Like, so here's a list of the goaltenders that are presently injured. Aiden Hill, Logan Thompson, as of tonight, he's day to day. Carter Hart, Jake Ottinger, Joseph Wall for the Leafs, Gibson, Huso, Alex Lyon for Detroit, and Reimer did not look good tonight for Detroit. Mm-hmm. Grubauer for Seattle, Anderson for Carolina, Ranta has been sent to the minors. Copley, although he's a backup for the Kings, he's on LTIR, so something happens to Talbot. They've got nothing there too, right? And then you go through the list there, the Devin of those worst goaltenders. They aren't even injured, and there's not a whole lot of good goaltending right now in the NHL at all. And then for fantasy, you got to try and pick these guys that aren't getting lit up every night, like... How many guys got pulled the other night? Three or four? Like it was. Yeah. Yeah. It's just brutal, right? It's. So you got these teams that need a goaltender. Like you've got Buffalo, Montreal, 
And oh, at one point, Carolina that had three goaltenders now have one or less. <laughs> Vegas is actually doesn't even have an NHL goaltender right now with Thompson being out. They're, they are going to be rostering two AHL goaltenders here for the next couple of days, it sounds like. It's, it's just yikes. Like The goalie carousel continues. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm it's, surprised no one took a flyer on Ranta being on waivers. It's, I agree. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, he's he's been a steady 1B for Carolina for a while. Like Injury concerns, you know, are always going to be there with the guy, but at $2 million capable backup or even a number three. And if he does get sent down to the, the gets waved again and sent down his, his cap hit is really only a million because you got to bring someone up for that too. So it's, but it's you know, a really I, reasonable price point and he's a yeah. nine fifteen career goaltender. Yeah. Like it's, I, I, I agree. I thought somebody would have taken a chance on him just given the, the goaltender landscape right now. I think I made the joke. What was it on? Sunday, or was it so everyone's waiting for Martin Jones to get waived for the Leafs? <laughs> Probably. That's no, that's no joke, Bruce. That's that's yeah. a realistic possibility. because His contract is half of what Rantas is, and he showed last year playing for Seattle that he can still play. He's doing his best to hold the Leafs in check, even though there wasn't much saving them in New York here the other night. So, but what, um, what's, what's Samsonov's cap or uh, contract situation is he a ufa at the end of this year i think he's got one more year let me take a quick peek here i've got it up uh where is toronto on this oh yeah they're up at the top of the list samson <coughs> excuse me has got where did, oh he is on where is he there he's on a one-year deal 3.5 million yeah so what why, why not waves why not wave samson off like it, like i'm just saying like let's say you've got Wool is back. Joseph Wool is your goaltender of the future, right? Martin you Jones has been great, and they've shown that he's actually historically been really good with new teams, at least short term. Yeah. Why not, if Joseph Wool is healthy, make that guy your starter, wave Samson off, keep Martin Jones where he's at as your backup, and and roll those two guys out there? Because you're not keeping Samson off beyond this year anyway, I don't think. No. Yeah, I don't think they're keeping him either. I think they'll... They might re-sign Jones again of Jones because Jones played well in New York, even though they didn't play well in front of him. He played great in that Pittsburgh game, although at, I think in that game probably the Marlies probably could have beat Pittsburgh in that game too. Pittsburgh wasn't didn't show up for that one, but mm. but like I said, he showed last year in Seattle that he can more than hold his own still. So that'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Like he's got a. I was going to say, sorry, 255 goals against and a 930 save percentage with one shutout in four games. Yeah. Yeah, he's been great coming in. And it's, a, it's an interesting idea, Devin, because it's maybe not wave, but I would dangle him in a trade. You know? sure. yeah. Oh, yeah. Try and get yeah. something for him, right? Like, yeah, clear yeah, that, that might... cap. Yep. Yeah. And go, go big fish hunting at the deadline again for the Leafs. Because what did you say, Bruce? What's his contract worth? 3.5? Yeah. Yeah, just over 3.5. 3. 3 yeah, 3.55. And then I don't know what Jones is at, but I mean, that's exactly right, Evan. You can save some money. Maybe, like you said, go big game hunting at the deadline. And like then you've got good, solid goaltending, and you can improve other areas of your roster. Samsonov's kind of shown throughout his career, like I don't think he's a reliable option. Um, he's been all over the place. He's But he's streaky. He's been really good and then really bad. That's why and injury Washington concerns too, right? 
Like he's had injury concerns at times. So yeah. yeah. Well, and Joe Wall's the guy. Like I think that was they were just on on a they were bridging Samson up to to kind of see if what they have in Wall is what they thought. And and it's I think it's pretty apparent that he's he's gonna be their guy moving forward. So yeah, you could you could cut that weight. I don't know. Just a thought. I mean, it might be a little bonkers, but I'm I'm just thinking outside the box well, here. Look at that list of teams that are looking for goalies too. Like that's, yeah, you know, like I'm sure like Vegas and Dallas aren't looking for a starting goalie, but um, you know, Seattle Grubauer hasn't been great since he's been there. Carolina, like desperate for a goalie, so yeah. Well, and <laughs> I read today that. Uh, the Devils are not expecting uh, Dougie Hamilton back for the regular season. They figure he'll be returned probably for the playoffs. So if they throw him on LTIR, they got $9 million to go goaltender hunting. Yeah. And that's what they, uh, and that's what they need. Right. So what would it take to pry? And like, what would it take to pry Gibson out of Anaheim? Timo Meyer hasn't been playing very well. Maybe they take Meyer's contract. Hey, there's they got devils could be a very interesting team to watch in all of this too. They're gonna have cap space and they've got they've got some good young players and picks too they could use to swing to get themselves a goaltender to get themselves back in it again. Yeah. Uh hey, quick shout out to our buddy Blake who uh, is watching the stream. So not sure if you guys noticed that. I put him up on the screen there for a minute. Yeah, there you go. Give <laughs> him a good little wave. Absolutely. Yeah. Good to see you, Blake. Uh, uh, beat the goaltenders enough up. We'll probably should move on to the next one now. Although goaltending hasn't been one of their strengths either this season. <laughs> so Buffalo Sabres are the latest uh, team to have their fan base calling for a coaching change. So they're seventh in the Atlantic right now after uh, they would hope was a big step forward this season, which has not happened. Is there anything wrong with the Sabres or are we just expecting too much from what is really a really young team? I, I think it's a young team that's kind of finding their way through this, to be honest. And then, like, this was actually a topic of conversation in the preseason. How is the goaltending going to perform? And yeah. I've said it a million times, and Evan, you probably feel the same way. Devin Levi is an elite-level prospect, but he's going to take time, right? He's not, He's not like most goaltenders take until they're 25 years old to really develop and, and be a reliable option, and he's not there yet. And... UPL's got limited starts. Eric Comrie's not a guy that you're going to, you know, sit and, and rely on either. So it's just one of those things, and we've talked about it lots. Bad goaltending can sink you. So here we are, right? Um, and, it, again, just a young team trying to work their way through it. But, Evan, what do you think? Uh, I'm, I'm a huge Levi fan. I've, I actually picked him up in our Dynasty League from one toe kick save in his first World Junior game in that, uh, that tournament they lost to U.S. in the gold. But um, – but yeah, it, it seemed like a hail mary for for Buffalo to to hang on on Devin Levi so that he could take this team and take them to the playoffs. Where historically, no goalie has ever really done that coming out of college, or it's been it's been years. Even Ryan Miller, um, the Sabres alumni, he spent three years in the AHL too uh, before he became starter there. So, so yeah, and it, it puts you behind the eight ball. You start the year off with some not so great goaltending. 
a few losses, then all of a sudden next comes a couple injuries. So like Tage gets hurt and, and, you know, you're starting the year without Jack Quinn. And so, and, you know, but the thing with Buffalo that I have such a hard time is that we do this every year, every year is like, Oh, is this too much expectations for a young team and all that? It's like, when is, when is it just eventually you just say, well, this team is just, I don't want to say cursed, but yeah, they're just, (laughs) well, but you look at the roster and it's just like, man, like they should be better than they are, but they're Mm. missing the ingredients. Like you said, Devin, like the goaltending and, and then, you know, the defense is still, is still growing up as we go here, but they do have a lot of good young pieces and Benson and Quinn and Paterka. And so I, I, I still have high hopes for Buffalo, but must've been lofty to think that they were going to be, something different than what they've been for the last decade or so. So here's interesting. I've got the roster brought up here. So Tage Thompson's 26. Dylan Cousins is 22. Tuck is 27. Middlestat's 25. Benson's 18. Krebs, 22. Jack Quinn's 22. Paterka's 21. They've got, is Joe Steven playing in? Jost is in the press box. Like, most of these kids are under 25. Hey, Bruce, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. We got about 15 seconds. We got to head to break okay. here. So, um, but yeah, but let's, just, let's, let's continue that conversation on, uh, on Buffalo here just after the break. Sounds good. Okay. See you guys shortly. We'll be back in about uh, two minutes here. All right. Welcome back to the Hacks Hangout here on Edmonton Sports Talk. We are talking about the Buffalo Sabres. So while we were at break here, I took a quick look at the defense. Their top four defensemen, the oldest one is 24 of their top four defensemen. The Rasmus Dahlin. So you got Dahlin, Samuelson, uh, Henry, I can't pronounce his name, last name, and Owen Power. And Henry's the oldest one at 24. Samuelson and Dahlin are 23, Power's 21. And then they're Third pair is Connor Clifton at 28 and Eric Johnson at 35. So they are running, basically, you look at their, almost even their top nine and their top four, they're 25 years of age or less. They're a young team, for sure. And that that was really part of the reason for bringing Eric Johnson in, is he's a Stanley Cup winning veteran who can kind of guide the group a little bit. Actually, I listened to the the Spit and Shitcliffe podcast uh, when Devin Levi was on there. And he was talking about what an influence Eric Johnson's been on on him specifically, but the team too, just as a veteran leader in the room. So yeah. it's important, right? Like especially for young guys coming in, they don't know what's what and and how to conduct themselves and just how to how to win. It's it's all a learning process, right? And you need yeah. veteran guys in the room to kind of show you that stuff. Yeah. Um, I think that's why Duncan Keith in Edmonton was so valuable. Like he just. I think yeah. he had a bit of a calming presence. I know you don't love Duncan Keith, John. I know. I saw the face. <laughs> I don't, I don't I even it. have to say it. <laughs> I didn't hate the player. I just hated the trade. Fair enough. But I, I just think... didn't mind the Oilers getting Keith, but it shouldn't have cost that much. So anyway, but yeah, I, it, we just, you got to be patient with Buffalo. And that's coming from yeah. an Oilers fan who has watched a team just be in a perpetual rebuild, um, yeah. waiting for them to finally pop. But yeah, well, they are the third youngest team in the league, so... You look at the age of all these players, if they can next, well, they probably, once the they're out of the playoff picture, they'll probably get a bit of a bump because the pressure's off. Mm-hmm. And you probably see them perform a bit better near the end of the season. But you look at all the way these players' ages are also grouped together. 
they get their act together the next year or two, it's going to be a very scary team for a very number, a long number of years after that. These guys, and even if it takes them two years to get into the playoffs, yep. that's two years for Levi and two years for that's going to be one very scary team. Yeah, they've got one of the deepest prospect pools in the yeah. NHL, and, and they still got guys yet that aren't even up yet that are. Yeah, yeah, they're they're a team that that could that probably should look to start to bundle some prospects and, and pick up some big names here to kind of make that push for the playoffs. And there you go. Yeah, it's, yeah. So uh, hopefully the fan base doesn't get its wish and they don't get rid of. Stay the course. They got to think it probably a couple more years of ups and downs before they get it all together. And it's gonna be fan. It's gonna be fantasy fun to watch that team. If last year was any 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 glimpse of it, right? That's could be a lot of fun. Well, right. Patcheretti, what do you think? <laughs> I have him on one team, so I hope Mister Patcheretti does well. Although he is coming off his, is he tore the same Achilles? Was it correct? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, coming off his second Achilles tendon surgery, so he's practicing with the Capitals in a uh, in full. There is no 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 contact jersey, so he is close to returning. I'm guessing it'll be after the Christmas break. And what uh, what do we expect from Max here after after Christmas? Is he uh, obviously there's going to be some? Well, it it is Max and it is Washington, so. He's just as old and slow as everybody else, so maybe acclimating won't take as much, but I don't know. Is he going to help Washington, or are they just going to throw another anchor off the onto the boat or what? I, I think we got to temper expectations a little bit. Like Patcher, The one thing I really like about Pacioretty is over the past four seasons, his shot rate has not been below 12.1 shots on goal per 60. Like He's always been amongst the league leaders in terms of shot rate. Um, and I think his ability to shoot will allow him to kind of catch up a little bit. Like he's not relying on his speed, right? It's not like he's not, a, he's, he's not a burner. He, and he, has he was to, never fast. You know what I mean? No. So now it's like the way that he could, could play, it's going to give him some time to adjust and get back up to speed to game speed. Um, but yeah, Washington's not all that exciting offensively. Um, but for me, this is a guy that I, I missed out on him, but I like, yeah, I fully endorse stashing this player and, seeing where he goes, right? I mean, he's 35 years old. It's going to take him a few games, to, especially the Achilles injury. Um, but as a low-risk play, grabbing him off the waiver wire and stashing him, it makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, he was a, a – I think he was my last pick in the in the Yahoo draft. I think I picked him because eh, – pick him, stash him, what the heck, right? Like, what's what's the worst that could happen? We've got lots of, lots of injury spots in that league, so I figured, what the heck, we'll just – see what it goes out and yeah we'll see what happens you never know he could have more goals by more goals than Ovechkin before the end of the season oh boy <laughs> at this rate it doesn't look hard though <laughs> no it sure doesn't right it's uh yikes but uh I added this one in for uh for Evan and Ryan uh if you're a Blue Jackets fan you'll be happy about this the uh, the Russian line they're dubbing it the line of uh Igor oh god I'm gonna butcher these names Chinnikov Chinnikov <laughs> Uh, Dmitry Voronko and Kirill right. Marchenko. So they've been together since played on a line together since December 1st. They have 13 goals, nine assists, and 22 points over nine games. 
So these guys are rostered exactly this amount. Uh, Chiakop is rostered 7%, uh, Voronko 2%, and Marchenko is 17%. So they are widely available in pretty much everywhere. So Evan, as a guy that does dynasty and stuff like that, this must uh, this must help to see some of these guys, Columbus putting these two guys together and seeing them have some success. Yeah, well, that that game last night uh, didn't hurt. Nine uh, four, no win. Yeah, but um, uh, Marchenko is like I, I'd say for for value, I'd say he's the highest value of those three. Um, the guy just scores goals. Like he's he's a brilliant goal scorer. Uh, he had he's he's at a thirty five goal pace already this year, and I think like I, I foresee Columbus like gelling a little bit more in the second half of the year coming up, and. I could see him even possibly even bumping up to 40 goals on the season. But um, especially with line A being out, Marchenko is the goal, go-to trigger guy on that team. And so um, Chinnikov, highly skilled. He came into the league probably a little raw, a little too young. But uh, but yeah, those three, those three seem to be rolling. And, and like I said, I think Columbus is going to be turning a corner here. Um, Kent Johnson is playing really well. Fantilli's just scratching the surface, but once he gets it going, and uh, and we all and Johnny's a better player than he's shown so far this year too. So, yeah, I, I would I would keep a close eye out on the jackets actually. Tyler's already probably just making notes. He'll see the notifications right away. He'll be picking up some players. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Tyler, uh, we just had this conversation about DJ Smith, and and I think it was the next day after Tyler had mentioned it, and here we are. Yeah, right. So the next one on the list here is the, the Senators have punted DJ Smith, and they're going with uh, Jacques Martin and Daniel Alfredson behind the bench. They got the new coach bump for about 40 minutes before they totally fell apart versus the, uh, <laughs> God, the, to the Coyotes there. And it was just, I watched the last part of the game, and it's like, oh, dear God. Like, really? Like, it's so you think Martin is going to whip these guys into shape or are we going to see some roster reconstruction here in the, in the off season? Great question. Um, toss up. I mean, is yeah, hard to say <laughs> they've got the pieces. I, I, I agree with what Tyler said the other day. Like I, I like a lot of the pieces. We, I think a lot of us were high on the senators coming into this season. Oh, absolutely. I was one of them. So I, I just I don't know what's going on there. It's it's weird. We're very 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 weird. What do you think, yeah. Kevin? Uh, the the Shabbat injury that that was tough um, early in the year. Uh, Corpusalo, you know you can't pin it on him because it's been it's been a rough rough start to the year for the whole team. Yeah. I, I didn't love that deal right from the get-go. Like he's been an above three goals against guy, sub nine hundred save percentage, um, his whole career, and I just didn't think he had a good stretch in LA last year. Uh, so, but like you guys said, I love the pieces: um, Stutzla, Giroux. There, uh, you know, Tarasenko's hasn't really panned out that much, but. Um, and then you know you got Sanderson on the back end, so so they do have a lot of great future pieces. I'd say they're similar to Buffalo in that sense, where those future pieces are starting to grow together. You know, mm-hmm. Brady Kachuk, 
can't believe I forgot Brady and mentioned those guys. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so they're all kind of like in the same age group growing together and it might take a year or two. But the unfortunate thing is like you got a guy like Claude Giroux who seemingly signed a, a nice deal with them and you wanted to see him make a splash in the playoffs, but it's just not happening. So, so you know, I for the rest of the season here, I think it's probably going to be more of the same. To be honest, I think it's just probably not the right ingredients to to make it, and maybe just one more year to to grow as a team. Okay. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see here because too, I had thought even though Forsberg showed up on the, the money puck list of worst goaltenders, I thought Forsberg was actually the better goaltender between him and Corpusalo so far this season. So I thought it was rather odd seeing Forsberg on that list. Devin Tays, what do you think? <laughs> I uh, I watched part of the of that game. So after the Oilers game, that was the next one they put up on Sportsnet. I watched a period of it, and I'm like, oh my god! Like it was just Chicago wasn't good, and Colorado was not good either. It was just Colorado the way that team should should be playing they should have absolutely lit chicago up completely and they were just surviving in the period i watched so my little surprise that uh the taves did it uh yeah actually a little bit but i did some other reading on on what other players have said about taves and i guess this isn't uh this isn't a surprise to lots he's they compare his competitive nature up there with uh with McKinnon's. So McKinnon's not afraid to say what he feels. So if Taves isn't, then I don't know. Like Byram hasn't looked that good. I don't know. Yeah. I I think for Taves too, like being one of the leaders in that dressing room, like he, he knows, I I think the one thing about players is they know when guys are dogging it. And if he's saying that, it's probably at least half true. Like there's probably a few guys in that room that think they're, they're playing up to snuff and they aren't. Um, so he's just trying to keep guys accountable. I, I have no issue with that. Like if he truly knows that if, and he obviously has a voice in the room, he, he can say that. Um, well, and most of these guys have won once already, right? They've won a Stanley cup. So mm-hmm. they know what it's going to take to get back there. And obviously, like you said, there's a few in the room that think they're doing fantastic when it's like, buddy, it's not cutting it. Like yeah. you gotta be better. If we're gonna win, you gotta be better. For sure. Colorado's in a tough spot. I'm I'm an Avalanche fan, and so it's it's uh that Landeskog injury is has crippled the depth on that offense. Um, yeah. you know, losing Kadri and not being able to replace him with a with a decent second line center yet. It's uh they, they just don't have the firepower that they had with that cup win, but you know, that team was stacked. Uh and you know. Speaking of Lanisco, like I've I've seen and thought Devin Tays would probably make the perfect captain of that team if he isn't able to make make a rebound from that injury. It's just you don't like, and also Kale McCarr was out too. So it's like when when McCarr's not in there, like yeah. you can kind of see exactly what that team is without him, and it's not much. So yeah. so you got you got McKinnon and Rantanen trying to carry the whole team. Nichushkin's playing well too, but besides that. There's not much going on with the Avalanche. And the end goaltending has struggled too. Like Gorgiev has, has had a, an off year. And yeah. then uh, Prosvetov has been 
better, but then he kind of had a, a bit of a clunker here recently too. So, yeah, it's it's, it's going to be hot hand goaltending in the playoffs like Vegas last year. Yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah. yeah. It could very end up it could very up. Oh God, I can't even speak. Next, <laughs> Ovechkin. Oh, Ovechkin. Uh, we kind of talked about that already. So Ovechkin's gone 14 games now without a goal. And is it? Uh, saw some stuff. They did some analytics on where he's shooting from and stuff like that. And it, uh, I'm not much of one for charts and numbers and stuff like that. But it did. It didn't look good to me at all. Where for for Ovechkin at all? They said tonight on the power play, he basically stood where he stands, and they n- he didn't get one touch on the power play tonight at all. Got it. it was there, but he never got past him. <laughs> He got an assist on the OT winner, though. I just looked it up. Yeah, Strom got the OT winner and Ovechkin Carlson on the power play of all places, too. So there you go. Yeah. Maybe Carlson finally got a pass over to him. (laughs) I think I think he's a great buy low candidate. Like someone's gonna get frustrated with him at this point and look to move him. And if the price is right, I mean the shot volume is down. I, I think that's concerning. Like he hasn't been so right now he's at 11.5 shots on goal per 60 this season. Um, that's a career low for him. I'm just looking at the numbers right now. So he, he is shooting the puck less. He is getting less touches. Um, but shooting percentage is down. Five on five shooting percentage is down too. Like, so there's some some puck luck that will come into play. Um, I don't know. I, I, I know like I've talked about age-related decline and everything too, but I just think that the way he plays also – expect a bounce pack at some point. Maybe it doesn't happen until the second half here, but I don't know. I'd be looking to buy low on Ovi. Yeah. It's those shots that are down. That's kind of the concerning part. Like you could, you could make a case that there's a lot riding on him trying to break this record. And so you get on a slump, you start to grip the stick tighter. And then all of a sudden pucks aren't going in. You're like, Oh my God, am I going to get, 50 goals away from the goal scoring all-time record and not be able to put the puck in the net. But that's the strange thing is the shots are down. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I don't know what, like he doesn't have much for centers going on there. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. Right. like he's missing Backstrom. Kuznetsov is MIA this season. It seems he spent some time in the Dylan press Strong. box. And... He's got Dylan Strom. Dylan yeah. But from, from all accounts that those two don't <laughs> mesh well, um, Caps fans have been calling for him to play playing with Connor McMichael. So, um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see. They, they got to shuffle the deck around, but, uh, maybe with, uh, Pacioretty coming in, you can solve something there. So, something uh, yep. well, I think that's actually, that's a good point, Evan, because now when Pacioretty comes back at the very least, he's a decoy on the other side. Yeah. Right. So now it's not like, yeah, okay. We know Ovi's there, but now there's a threat to score elsewhere and maybe that opens up some space for Ovechkin on the power play. Like I'm telling you, it's going to happen in a few weeks. He's going to pot like six goals in two games. And we're sitting here going, Oh, Ovi's fine. Right. It's going to happen. I'm telling you. Yeah, He's going to get to the point where he's going to get mad and he's just going to start hammering pucks at people. And it's, it's going to start going in for him. Well, I hope so because my fantasy team needs him. He, he didn't forget how to shoot the puck, Bruce, right? Like, he's a career no. 13% shooter. Right now, he's at 4.6%. So, um, no, he's, they just got to, someone's got to get him the puck. And I think that's the problem is they can't reliably get him the puck so he can make that shot. Yeah. 
I'm saying he's not getting 30 this year. <laughs> he only needs like 25, doesn't he? 20, 25 more the rest of the way. Yeah. He'll be fine. Right? I'm being a pessimist. I don't care. <laughs> he's ageless. He'll be like... Y'all 40 goals. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of players that have come back uh, in from injury, after tonight's loss to the Detroit Red or to the tonight's loss to the Jets, the Detroit Red Wings are now one six and one since signing Patrick Kane. So did uh, Kane screw up the chemistry, or is the Red Wings just kind of retreating back to what we expected them to be? Personally, I felt like the Red Wings were were outperforming expectations like I, I thought the expectation would be that they'd improve this year but I, I not to this degree that wasn't my personal expectation on this team um, but now I think they're dealing with goaltending issues like Lyon was was actually playing great for them he should have been given more starts wasn't now he's injured um, Hughes so I can you know I think we can all just safely say has been a disappointment and James Reimer is, is James Reimer he's been a, a career, trash. career career trash yeah there you go uh, but he, he's been a, a tandem, I think, at best. Yeah. Right? He's he's not a bona fide starter for your roster. No. I don't know. Looking at Patrick Kane, to be honest, he's got six points and two goals in eight games. He's playing over 19 minutes a game. He's 35 years old. He just had hip resurfacing surgery. Um, I think it's important to be patient with him. He's playing at a 62-point pace. Shot volume is good. I don't know that, like, like, to put this on Patrick Kane, I think is is kind of silly. I haven't watched a lot of Red Wings games, to be honest, but I I just I have to think that they're going to be. Oh, okay. and they've had other they've had under other injury issues too, right? So they lost Larkin for an extended period of t- period of time. Yep. Confer has been out back and forth, so that's their top two centers. So they got yeah. <laughs> issues there too. Perron is in the press box because of his idiot stick move there a week or so ago, like. So Bruce, take take away McDavid, Leon Draisaitl, Stuart Skinner, um, you know Nugent Hopkins, another depth winger. Like you're you're not going to win a lot of games, right? They're 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 dealing with some stuff right now. Yeah, if you took those players away from the Oilers, you have an AHL team basically. <laughs> they're not going to win a lot of games. Not going to mm-hmm. win a lot of games. Yeah. yeah, I think it's just bad luck since the signing. Hmm. We'll see. We'll see if they can bounce back and get back to form. But like the Brinkat's clip early in the year, that was that was a, a sell high moment. If someone yeah. someone had the the guts to to trade him when he was leading the league in goal scoring and things like that. But um, yeah, Kane's looked good so far, and I I expect him to continue. He might even get up to a point per game pace by uh, by season's end here. So. And they get some bodies back. I think they'll be they'll be better, especially if they get they can get Lyon back and get him in get him in the net. He did well for Florida last year, and he did well here for Detroit to start the season until he got hurt. So, and it's a tough division that. though. Mm-hmm. Like that yeah. division is just you know those those top four teams. You have the you have Bruins, Tampa, Florida, Toronto. You know, it's a to to break through those four is is a tough tall task and and the red wings you know they were looking like this could be the year um maybe another year after this one but but they decided to go for it with patrick kane which is low risk because there's rumors that they even talked if they were out of the playoff picture that that they have a deal with kane that they'll trade him at the deadline too yeah so yeah so it's i 
they're only two points out of a wild card spot, right? So it's it's not like it's over for Detroit. I mean, they just they got look how close all those teams are. Like Pittsburgh's at thirty one points, Montreal's thirty two, Detroit's thirty four, Jersey's thirty four, Tampa's thirty five, thirty six, thirty seven. Like that's that's close. That's close. (laughs) I can't believe Montreal's hanging with all those teams this year. Gotta Again, love Martin St. Louis. Like, they're getting some good goaltending from guys like Sam Montenbeau, right? Yeah. And and it's like And no one's and no one's running away with this this either, right? Carolina's had their struggles. Washington's surprising they're actually where they are. Tampa had a rough start without Vasilevsky. Jersey's got goaltending issues, and Timo Meyer has yet to show up this season, it seems. Yeah. So it's yeah, like there's like even Buffalo at 29, really. It's even Columbus at twenty seven, like it's not. Yeah, you go on a heater. Like, you, yeah. yes, you go on a yeah, you go on a heater. Some team goes on a stretch of bad luck, and these things all turn on their ear pretty fast. All right, Bruce, what do we got last year on the last one on the list is the Winnipeg Jets. So in the last five games here since Kyle Connor was injured, the Ealer Shifley Vlardy trio has combined for 12 goals and 13 assists for 25 points. So that line is averaging five points a game. Uh, to rub a little salt in LA's wounds, Gabriel Velarde now has as many goals in the past week, five, in the span of four games, as Pierre-Luc Dubois does this season. It's five <laughs> goals in 28 games. So I'm guessing we can declare the, uh, the fleecing of the LA Kings by uh, the Winnipeg Jets. Is that what we're going to declare? We safe in doing that? I, I think the Jets made out <laughs> great with this one. They got they got rid of a guy who didn't want to be there. They I think improved their depth and we were bullish on Velarde, right? We talked about yeah. it on Sunday. We talked about it in the preseason. Evan, as a dynasty guy, I'm sure you're a fan of Gabe Velarde. I I am. I just his injuries, injury history is the only thing that would that would stop me from from grabbing him in in a dynasty fantasy, but while he's rolling like this, like he only has to play his normal 40 games a year to outproduce <laughs> Dubois <laughs> at this point. I, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I won't get into Dubois and the frustrations of him, like wanting out of how many teams all well, over the place, but it's, we're going to talk about Dubois in the, the hot and, and not section. So we'll, okay. we, can, we can leave the, the, the PLD griping for yeah. a couple of minutes here. I guess just give praise to that, uh, that Jets, that, that Jets team is different than, than other teams. It looks like they cut some, some dead weight that was going on there with, uh, with Wheeler and Dubois and, and, uh, and I, I believe with Shifley and Hellebuck uh, buying in long-term to that team, it gave them a boost. It gave like, it, it it raised everyone's game up another level to be like, look, our two best players want to stick here long term. Let's do yep. this kind of thing. So, and I like that Ehlers is finally getting his shot. Like we've, as fantasy managers, we've been asking for this for years, and he finally gets an opportunity, and he's running away with it. Right? Yeah. No. And by all accounts, I know some people that know Rick Bonus personally, and he is just like an excellent guy. And so, like, I think they got the right guy to to man the ship to. I, I like I've heard that from even because he was in Dallas for a bit too, right? And I yeah. think they yeah. they had lots of high praise for Rick Bonus, but I don't know. He was just 
he was hellbent for a while on not putting Ehlers in a in any sort of position. I know we've talked about that too, and that Ehlers likes to play a certain position on the power play, and and that's Shifley's spot. And um, so, it, but now with a loss of personnel, it's like, sorry, buddy, you you, you got to play power play one wherever we put you. So, well, yeah, imagine imagine Jets keep rolling like this with that top line, and then you can put Connor down with Perfetti, and now you got yeah. it's a lot of fire. Oh my. Yeah. <laughs> And Perfetti's a great player. Like he's he's a dynasty pickup for sure. And so, um, yeah. but yeah, well, well it, Jets will be an interesting one to watch coming out of the Central this year. Yeah, they're a good team. And it, like I said a million times, when you have elite goaltending, you can go far, right? Yeah. And they have that because Hellebuck has been one of the one of the best goaltenders this season for the in the league. Well, Again. over the last five or six seasons. Yeah, right? like you're in your like he, He's uh, just yeah, he's been. And that's hard to do in the league nowadays, like year in, year out goaltending like that. Yeah. Very much so. All right. That, uh, unless and if someone else is going to you want to add, that's pretty much all the stuff I threw in there that came out of my brain. No, nothing else, Bruce. I'm just going to maybe jump in quickly. We've got about a minute before our next break here. Um, okay. We're we're not going to do ask the hacks tonight uh, in our typical fashion, but if somebody I could throw a couple them, of questions in there. You all, <laughs> may, may, maybe let's let's see how much time we got because we got quite a few players on hot and not to talk about too, right? So um, we'll have about half an hour when we come back from the break. So if there's any questions, I guess we can talk about them, or if somebody wants to comment in the YouTube stream, uh, feel free. But I was just thinking of effort to fill some time here before the break. That's all. It was nothing. Oh no, we got about thirty seconds, and then we're gonna have to uh, gonna have to make our way out. So, um, no, that's that's all I got. Be quiet, Bruce. Uh, <laughs> now we got twenty seconds. Didn't even Any- look at my last trade request, man. Like me or me or John must have been John. John. Out of yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce doesn't send me trade he was, requests. He was on IR at the time, so he probably didn't even look at his team. So. All right. Okay, boys. Uh, Yeah, five seconds here. We'll be back in about two minutes. We'll go through hot and not. And welcome back to the Hex Hangout here on Edmonton Sports Talk. We are going to jump into our hot or not segment now. And first person on the list here we uh, actually talked about earlier already this evening, Mr. Kirill Marchenko. So he had had his hat trick here against Sabres. Six goals in seven games, top power play unit. I should let you guys talk about him because I think Tyler picked this guy up already, didn't he? <laughs> uh, did he? Well, that wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't yeah, surprise we, we probably me. don't have to talk about him too, too much more. I mean, he's available, was well, it 17% now you said in, in Yahoo, and I think roughly 50-some percent in fan tracks. But, um, yeah, just wanted to give him some love, of course. So I think Absolutely. we could probably... Uh, move on to the next guy here because we've given Marchenko plenty of love already. So, All right. Next guy on the list here is a bit of a blast from the past. Mr. Adam Henrique of the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. So he is registered, roster registered, rostered 9% in Yahoo, 20% in Fantrack. So his uh, low shot volume, 1.6 shots on goal per game is uh, inflated shooting percentage. Ooh, 20%. I like that. It's a nice-ish, Bruce. Pretty, nice-ish. Pretty big red flags for Henrik. However, 9.7 goals in the last 10 games. Uh, he's worthy of a stream for the time being. Terry on the top is that the Ducks play three games all in week 12 on off nights. 
So Devin, you picked him up already? Nope. No, I have no. not. Um, but I just Sunday? think if you're, nope, no, no, <laughs> I, I think I actually did grab Troy Terry, who was the other guy here. I wanted to mention uh, yes. 40% rostered in Yahoo, 74% in fan tracks. And he finally appears to be busting out of his slump with six points and three goals in his last five games. I had drafted him actually originally in our ESPN league uh, a bit later and he just wasn't panning out. The whole team has looked a little bit clunky at times. Um, but he's finally starting to figure it out. So, and he's right wing eligible, which, you know, if you play fantasy hockey, you know, that's, that's typically a more difficult position to fill effectively. So unless you're on my team, unless you're on Bruce's team and you hoard, I have a glut of, I have a glut of right wingers and I have no left wingers. So there you go. Uh, yeah. So Troy Terry, I think take a look at, and then Adam Henrique too, has been, been really effective lately, but then more than that, it's just those three games on off nights in week 12, uh, yep. really going to help you optimize number of starts you get in week 12. Yeah. Those off night games are nice in the ducks are, I think they've got the best off night schedule for the, for the league this year, I believe forever, forever. They're just going to have sure. the best off night schedule. Yeah. There you go. All right, our next guy on the list is Mr. James Van Riemsdyk of the Boston Bruins. So he's quietly off to his best offensive season since 2021. Excuse me, when he played at a 63-point pace through 53 games. CJVR is getting plenty of time on the power play, although limited time on ice overall under 14 minutes. Five points, one goal in four last four games played. So I didn't even realize he was playing in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> I totally missed that. I'm like, I actually had to look this up so I knew what team to say because I didn't realize he was playing in Boston. Well, he's got 21 points in 29 games this year in Boston. Like, yeah, JVR. Right. Yeah, like talk about trading in a better team to play for, going to the Bruins, and like you said, yeah. he's playing third line minutes but getting some second ice, second line power play time. Um, yeah, it's a great year. I I would definitely take a flyer on him. He's, He's putting up, he's producing, and if there is an injury in that top six on the wing, I can imagine he's probably the first guy that gets picked up and gets brought up there. Next thing you know, you might be playing next to Pasta. And so, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah no. No, they, yeah, they good, don't have a good pickup for the Bruins. Yeah, yeah. There's not a ton of options, right, offensively. Like, he's going to get opportunities, especially yeah. if there's injuries. Like, he's he's right there, so. Yeah. I guess what they that's who they got when they lost out on Tyler Bertuzzi. Yeah, I guess kind of a, a bit of a stopgap for them, right? So they, they could make yeah. it work with Bertuzzi and you gotta grab somebody. So yeah. Next guy on the list here is Igor Sharangovich, Calgary Flames. So he's rostered 35% in Yahoo, 47% in Fantrack. So our prediction for Sharon Govich summer was 42 points and 21 goals to date. The former devil is playing at an 82, sorry, he's playing at an 82 game pace of 49 points and 28 goals after posting 19 points and 11 goals in his first 32 games. Since November 1st, the 25 year old has produced 17 points, 10 goals in 23 games, a 61 point, or sorry, 61 point, 32, 36 goal pace over 82 games. That's a whole tongue twister, that whole sentence. <laughs> Are you struggling over there? <laughs> la, 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 la. <laughs> Expect that pace to slow, though, as Sharon Govich has been converting at a career high of 17 points. That's not even that high. He's not even at 20 yet. Well, that's his like, career high. So for him, that's that's a stretch. But He can get it at 20. Come on. You can do it. I you guess can my, do, exactly. 
my point there in these notes was that I, I don't expect to see Sharon Govich at a 36 to 40 goal pace the rest of the way. So mm-hmm. um, if it yeah, happens, right. great, but I, I just, that shouldn't be the expectation in my opinion. Yeah. He's, he's got four goals. In his, sorry. <laughs> five goals in his last five games. So that's going to be tough to keep up. That's for sure. Oh, he's playing on the top line too. Is he not? Yeah. He's playing he with Lindholm and Man, Man Japani. Like I like he's the deployment top goals. line, right. top power yeah. play. Yeah. yeah, but he's he's a slick player. Like, uh, he's he's been a pleasant surprise for the Flames this year, that's for sure. And and their professional scouting did a great job in that to fully trade and to, to scoop him up. They they thought that they reached a bit and traded him a bit too early, but but he's looked looked really good. So he's got some nice hands and a great shot. So I don't you know, like he he might he might be scratching the surface here, Devin. He might he might be a thirty goal guy this year. Who knows? Well, it'd be a great surprise for them, and and again, that's why I wanted to bring it up is because he's actually he's been he was good in in Jersey at times too, right? I think he given the right opportunity, but yeah. um, he's got pushed down the lineup for sure. And now he's getting that deployment that you you need to see. Um, yeah, I mean, shot volume is okay. Um, yeah, I, I'm just looking at his stats here to see if there's anything that's really like. No bad puck luck. The actually, and, and secondary assist percentage is pretty low. So, with a bit of puck luck too, you may see some additional points, right? Just come from this guy. Um, really interesting. Well, they need somebody to score because Lindholm and Huberto don't seem to want to do it. Kadri's better, but he's had his issues. Has Manjapani scored a goal yet this season? I'm sure he has, Bruce. Yeah, but- he he had a good stretch there earlier in the year, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but you don't. You don't guy. seem to hear about him, though, right? Like you hear about Sharon Govich, you hear about Zari, you hear about uh, is that Pos Pospisil? You hear you hear about all these guys, but you don't hear anything about Lindholm. Or well, you hear about Huberto, but it's not good. <laughs> remember, remember when Manjipani scored thirty-five goals, and everyone was talking about this guy as an option to play for Team Canada. Yeah. And and I, and I just remember shaking my head. Like I don't know what people, what Kool Aid they're drinking, but I'm sorry, Mangiapane is not a, a Team Canada guy. Like that's just not happening. No, that's if there was like a C or a D team, maybe, but not A and B team. No, there's there's too much talent ahead of ahead of him to do that. And this is gonna hurt me, Bruce. But we're gonna talk about another flame here on this Ooh, list. I see that Mackenzie Weger. 87% in Yahoo and 90% in fan tracks. Where's Tyler when you need him? You should be reading these. <laughs> <laughs> so Uyghur's been playing at a 62-point pace since October 29th. Provides outstanding category coverage with nearly two hits per game and two and a half blocks per game. Uyghur's 10% ish is roughly double his career high, so expects some regression long-term. He was getting some power play exposure too, was he not? He was, yeah. He's but on the second been, unit right now. So they, been, Anderson's back on the first and Uyghur's on the second. Yeah, but they've also been bouncing around with Hannafin too. So Hannafin is getting yeah. power play one time for a stretch there. I, I don't think they really know what they want to do. And they don't have a bona fide number one. Like they've been kind of giving it to Anderson almost by default. But yeah, Uyghur's shown, like when he was in Florida, he there was times when he played power play one and, and filled in nicely, right? Yeah. Um, and Hannafin's no slouch at that spot either. So they, they got... To, they can play the hot hand there if they want. For sure. I, I like Uyghur for the category coverage. Like if you're in a bash league, yeah. uh, two hits, two and a half blocks, like 
the the offense to me is just gravy. If you're getting that kind of offensive production from Uyghur, uh he's a must roster player. And you know, given his percentage of of ownership, that makes sense, right? No, most definitely. Yeah, agreed. Next guy on the list is turning back the clock, Mr. Jonathan Quick. 52% in Yahoo, 51% in Bantrack. So as I just mentioned, he's completely turned back the clock with the Rangers this season. 9-0-1 record with a 2.09 goals against average and a 9.27 save percentage with two shutouts. Combined with an underwhelming season for Igor Shesterkin, haha, Devin. Quick <laughs> appears to be a reasonable season-long depth option. Sorry, yeah, that worked against me. No, that worked against me in two ways, Bruce. Not only has Shesterkin been underwhelming, now I got to deal with Quick playing like a a Vesna candidate again. Like what? What the? What is Something happening right now? You gotta you gotta break your rule, Devin. You gotta trade for him so you got the tandem. No, I won't do that. No. <laughs> I refuse. I refuse. But at a certain point, they're just gonna start giving Shesterkin some some starts, and I think he'll he'll be a, he'll be a better option in the second half because yeah, the playoffs started today if the playoffs started today who would you guys start you're the rangers that's a great question yeah i was just gonna say for me that's the thing is the fact that he's won two cups he's been there he's done it hard yeah, hard technically to hard he's to, won three yeah, I, I guess technically. Is his name actually on the cup? He played in Did he not suit up for one of the games? I don't know if he did. Not in the playoffs. Maybe he did. I don't know. I think he's, I think he suited up for one of the games in the finals. I think he did. Well, I think they rotated him as a backup the one night. Oh, in yeah, Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Vegas. In Vegas, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know what the requirements are. And maybe his name is on the cup, right? Like... Because uh, I think Brasua got his name on the cup too, didn't he? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. They can so apply that makes sense. to get it someone's name on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, if I was Vegas, I would have done it. I would have applied to put his name on there. Yeah. Why not? I I like that question though, Evan. I. Uh, that's this, that's really interesting. And this is exactly what the Rangers needed. Yeah. Because they were driving Shesterkin into the ground literally the last two seasons. They were playing him because their backup goalie hilariously is now the starting goaltender in Colorado. Wasn't that good? So he he was were... good the year that he pushed Shesterkin to be a Vesna too. Like he played yeah. fairly decently. So so I think Shesterkin needs I think like all starting goalies need someone breathing down their neck a little bit. Yeah. Um to bring the most out of them. But and yeah, it's, a great it's a nice to do that. It's a nice tandem for New York and yeah, they, they seem to have it going on like on all fronts there. Huh. Yeah. That's a, His name uh, is on the cup. Okay. Yeah. Confirmed. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking at a screenshot. It is there. There you go. Uh, speaking cool. of the questions, Bruce, our, our buddy Blake Creamer. So if, if you don't know anyone listening, uh, Blake is. Um, is one of our, he's a friend of the show. He's been on here regularly, actually. And so, uh, Blake, Absolutely. we'll have to try and get you back on here again. Uh, in the new year, for sure. Um, but Blake says, boys, where are you at with Ovi and Matty Kachuk? Buy lows or stay lows? Well, you missed, we talked about Ovi. Um, I said buy low for me. I would say buy low too. Yeah, I agree. Stay, stay low. <laughs> okay, so you got, you got three buy lows and one stay low. And then 
Uh, Matty I just Kachuk, don't like the guy. He's just a classic John line, yeah. We've talked about Matty Kachuk this season just being that he's having a rough go. I, I still think 100-plus point Kachuk is is not what we should be expecting. And maybe you guys feel differently, but I, I think he's more of like an 80, 85-point guy in a normal season. He's yeah, had some inflated seasons in my in my opinion, but yeah. That's that said, team he should on that team he should be able to he should be able to put up a point per game in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. That that said though, he's still a buy low for me. Like I, I like Matthew Kachuk. I, I think he's he, yeah, I he's think better I than what too. he's shown so far this year. Definitely. Yeah, the, the supporting cast hasn't been great in Florida so far this year, too. Mm-hmm. So um adding Rodriguez to the to the lineup and getting used to that. Barkov hasn't been um the same. For, for a couple seasons here and and just get him on tour and Ekblad back back going so I yeah definitely I, buy low on Matty Kachuk he's not he's not staying low no not forever like All looking right. just right away he's shooting at 4.4% he's a career 12.6 he shot at 12.3 last year 16.6 the year before that um 5 on 5 shooting percentage 6.7% so again just not getting any puck luck secondary assist percentages is low like Absolutely, hundred percent, Matthew Kachuk for me. If you can go out and make a trade for him, go do it. The only thing I wonder if Kachuk is if that sternum injury is still bothering him. Valid point. Yep. Could be some. I some wonder if this year he might might be a bit of a stinker, but then next season be back back to himself. I'm wondering if that sternum is still bothering him. He couldn't get himself dressed. Like, yeah, yeah I know. I read that. That's likely, and and a Stanley Cup hangover too. You know that was a tough playoff run for that that team. So Stanley Cup hangover less the Stanley Cup, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, the worst one. Yeah, that's worst the worst, one, right? Yeah. It's like you yeah. get right there, and it's like you play those games for nothing for sure. Yeah, that's. I was just but, happy to see them demolish the Leafs. And it's it's uh, this is really fitting, Bruce. We we're just talking about Blake, and and now we're going to talk about the Vancouver Canucks. Yes. <laughs> you want to do this one because oh, he's man, your this favorite. Is, this has become like my shtick since the summertime. <laughs> so Evan, I don't I probably haven't told you about this, but um we, we did our we did an article, right? Top five fantasy busts for the upcoming season. And yeah. Andre Kuzmenko was right on that list. And and really credit to Blake because he was talking about some of his numbers and I so I looked at the 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 analytics and went, Holy crap, this guy like was performing way, way over his head last season, right? Um, like historical highs for a player and shooting percentage and, and all these things. Um, so it was just kind of, in my opinion, it was a given he was going to come crashing back to earth. And I took some heat for it from Vancouver Canucks fans. Um, and uh, so it's kind of funny. But now looking at it, he's been benched. He's been inconsistent. Like it's just, it's been a really, really rough season for him. Um, I joked in the notes that he's our favorite whipping boy. I'm, I'm not a Canucks fan. Like I have no, 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 no dog in the fight on this one. I just what? I feel a little bit vindicated because I took heat for it, but like this is regression slapping us in the face. Yeah. Brock Besser stole his mojo. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And and his shot rate got worse. He went from 1.8 shots on goal to 1.4. People were saying in the offseason, "Oh, he's going to shoot the puck more. He's going to shoot the puck more. Just you wait and see." And it's like, okay, well, I'm waiting for it to happen. Um, ice time's fallen off by roughly a minute and a half and, uh, and he's been ben- benched multiple times. So I just, for me, and I actually drafted him in a couple leagues, uh, just hoping I was wrong about the regression. 
that's a guy that's maybe a stay low for me. Yeah, I'm curious um, what Tockett has to do with all of this. Like, n- not to say that Tockett's to blame, but like, he is dead set on dressing the best lineup night in, night out. And if you're not going, you're not going to be playing. And, and that's yeah. and Kuzmenko's been the odd man out in that. And I'm curious what he what his stats were when Tockett took over versus when when uh, Bruce was coaching the team last year there too. And so well. It- and Bruce is a fantasy friendly coach, right? Like yeah. anyone that if yeah. he's coached a team, it's like, you kind of know that those guys are going to get their cookies and um, talk it. Apparently not so much. No, there's, there's structure there. And that was the, that was kind of the uh, implication is that because uh, was more of a floater than a worker and talk. doesn't like floaters. Yeah. So, well, and I should even say that talk, not fantasy friendly because we're seeing, you know, the best of yeah. Quinn Hughes right now. And we're like, that. you know, there's some players that are excelling, right? But yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. But yeah, that one's, uh, you, that was one we kind of, you want to be right, but you're kind of hoping you're not going to be right. And then it was, yeah, it wasn't even just, yeah, we're right. It's like a slam dunk so far. It's yeah. I think, I think you could put Kuzmenko to bed as like ice cold. This yeah. year, like, yeah, yeah, he's he he needs something to, and and there's no trading him. Like it's just there's just yeah. I would say they're stuck with him, but it's like he makes too much money to trade. You can't waive him. You know, he's he's still a good well, player, but him. he's not, not clicking. But what do you? You know, there's teams beating well the low ball the low ball Vancouver, right? But there's teams beating down the door for him because they saw what he did last year. But they, they saw the underlying numbers. Trade them if they, they got a decent they, return. They know yeah. it was a mirage last year. They're not going to yeah. go spend a bunch of money for Kuzmenko. Yeah, yeah. Devin knows. Yeah. I know. If I if yeah, I Devin know, knows. it's like DMs if I know. Them, yeah. That. yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we've beat on him enough. Let's move on to the next one. Uh, Mr. Timo Myers for New Jersey Devils. Been a rough season for Timo. Zero points in his last nine games. The former Shark is on pace for just. 39 points this season. After scoring 40 and 35 goals over the past two seasons, fantasy managers are no doubt disappointed and shocked by the lack of production to date. Equally concerning that uh, Meyer's shot rate has dropped to his lowest point since, uh, I'm guessing that's 2019-2020, at just two point shot, 2.8 shots per game. It's better than Kuzmenko's. <laughs> uh, double. Time on ice double. is down even at even strength <laughs> as a power play. Underlying numbers suggest regression is on the way. But how much longer can fantasy managers wait? Yikes. And he was a guy I was actually thinking about trading for earlier in the season. Wanted to get into some of that magic that's with tough. Jack yeah, Hughes and that. And... Yeah, you just shrug your shoulders to, to Meyer in, in Jersey. Like, he's a different player than he was in San Jose. He's just I don't know yeah. if it's because he was the, the big guy in San Jose, and now he's he's kind of just part of – part of that middle nucleus, but mm-hmm. yeah, the numbers aren't clicking, you know, 11 points, 23 games this year. I would hold out a little bit longer in hopes that maybe they try something with him with Hughes or he or something like that. But, uh, but yeah, it's not, it's not looking good from that first year of a eight year, $8.8 million contract. Well, well, great, great point. So making that much money, 
the Devils are very much invested in making it work with Timo Meyer. So yeah. yep. they're going to give him every opportunity. And you know, you drop that player. Bruce, how many times has this happened to you or I? You drop a player and the next day he puts up three points. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Happens to me all the time. Yeah, <laughs> almost. That's almost like Murphy's Law, yeah. De- sure. Devin and I do it to each other. He'll drop a guy, I'll pick him up, and he'll go on and the same thing, vice versa. It just I was looking for a, a goalie last year and you dropped Vanacek, and then Vanacek was yeah. actually pretty good down the stretch for me. So yeah, it's just it, yeah. it happens, right? You just know what's gonna happen. Yeah. So and for Higgy was the reverse, right? He had a slow start, yes. he dropped him. I picked him up and he goes to score on to score 40 goals. It's, good lord. Yeah. <laughs> just it's how it works sometimes. So La 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 we'll get, fantasy we'll, sports. Uh, we got one more guy that we've kind of maybe beaten a bit already or beaten up a little bit but evan i think you want to talk about pld a little bit yeah let's um, beat on him some more yeah it was more of just yeah uh with just him you know the way he left columbus and then he comes to winnipeg and i will give him credit he was honest he's like i'm basically said i'm not going to be resigning here long term yeah. so so he facilitated a trade kind of like how kachuk did out of calgary so it was yeah. It was uh, it was nice of him on that, but then you know he shows up in L.A. and he's just not he's just not producing, and so he signs the big ticket contract. Uh, you know, expected to be that elite second line center there, and um, you know, thirty six point pace through twenty seven games this year, uh, being out produced by one piece of that trade that went to, went back to Winnipeg. So he's finding himself on the third line. Uh, uh, Philippe Dugnot's taking a spot on that second line. He couldn't mesh with Kevin Fiala. Like, who can't mesh with Kevin Fiala? Like, one of the best passers in the league. So, so yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly what we got with the uh, PLD. Like a sixty-three point career high. It doesn't scream elite. Um, no. You know, and so if he if he can't even sustain that kind of in in today's high scoring NHL, uh, I. Yeah, one year or dynasty, I'd be steering clear. Just a note, uh, I have follow has 15 points on the season, so he actually has three more than PLD, too, so they're both outscoring him. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the one thing I, I noticed them, too, though, just to keep in mind, he does have a 7.2 5-on-5 shooting percentage, so there is a little bit of room there for some, some puck luck and regression, and then uh, low secondary assists, too. So he's not getting a lot of puck luck right now, some of that will turn around. I, I don't know. But, yeah, I, that's probably a fair comment, Evan. Like in, in, because he's now been dropped to the third line, it's probably like a, a case of, okay, I'm going to move on to somebody else for now. Right. Well, and you look to his average time on ice is, is uh, three minutes less than what he was getting, getting with the Jets last year. Three full minutes. Yeah. And that's uh, going to have get- an effect, too. We got, we got four minutes to the end of the show here, guys, and, and two guys left. So maybe let's spend a couple minutes on each of these guys. All right. Let's do it. Ne- Sorry. Next guy on the list is Chris Letang. Uh, we all expected Carlson trade to negatively impact Letang, but 38-point uh, pace presents Letang's lowest offensive rate since uh, 09-010. T- yeah, let's go with that. When he posted just 30 points in 73 games. Losing a full two minutes on the power play will do that, I guess. Hits block, shots are down across the board. And the Pagans in general have been a disappointment this season. Is it time to move on? Underlying numbers would suggest patience. What do you guys I don't think? think I, I don't think I could pass on. At least I know. You look in our two, like the two fantasy leagues that I'm in. 
I, there's no way I could drop Latang. There's, there's there's no one there that could replace him. No, that's that's a really hard player to drop. It's, unless you're picking just... up one of the kids, like unless you're picking up Brock Faber and hoping for the best, because they're basically running him like a wild Mustang out there at 30 minutes a night. Well, he's getting his cardio, but he's not getting his cookies. So I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's that's a tough one. But uh, yeah, I expect more out of Latang. I think that's a player I'd be willing to buy low on. He's not going to get the power play time. Is the only thing, right? So. Well, they got to figure something out there pretty soon because trade deadline's what a little over a month away, month and a half away, mm-hmm. and Pittsburgh is not doing well at all. Like, You're not trading the Tang. No, but they got Gensel's on a was on the last year of his deal. You're not trading Gensel either. He's not signed. Uh, they're they're pot committed. Yeah, that's. They're, they have no choice but to try to re-sign him. And then, yeah, with Latang and this year, I think with him losing as that top power play spot sealed his fantasy value, and he's he's not taking it back from Carlson. You know, you might you might get some underlying value from him uh, depending on how deep your league is, but uh, but yeah, I just Father Time is catching up with him and the whole Pens roster for that matter. And, and less offensive zone starts too. Like he's down about three percent on offensive zone starts. Um, there is, there's definitely some regression coming. He's gonna, he's gonna bounce back a little bit here, I think. But yeah, um, it's gonna be a minor bump. Don't, don't expect sixty-five point Latang with, you know, twenty power play points. No, not unless the uh, Tanya Harding Carlson or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right, guys. Uh, Bruce, we got about a minute left here, so we, let's maybe run through this last guy quick. All right. Last guy on the list here is Jonas Corposalo, Ottawa Senators. Uh, with the firing of uh, DJ Smith, salvage season for Corposalo and the Senators. Well, if you take last night's game into account, no, it's not going to salvage his season. <laughs> he gave up three goals in the third period and they lost the Coyotes. Yeah. Uh, he's got a 6-9 and nine record with a 3.3 goals against and an 8.95 save percentage. So, ugly. But Just bad. It's okay. only one game, so we'll see if Martin can get these guys to play some defense. And Offense doesn't seem to be the problem. It just seems to be defense and goaltending. Okay, so on that note, Bruce, you get 20 seconds your outro. Oh, God, what do I say? Good night. <laughs> uh, yeah make sure you give us a follow on uh, on Twitter at FHX and uh, we'll be back with more content uh, Evan and Ryan are doing some Dynasty stuff on the weekend right and uh, Bruce doing something on Saturday well, so, Juniors baby yeah. Yeah. there you go that's great <laughs>